Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 165, the Stanley Cup final episode. I'm your host, Blaine Pudney. I'm joined now by my co-host, Trey Wilson. Hello, hello. And Matt Smith. Good afternoon. Je veux souhaiter la bienvenue à tous nos amis francophones qui nous écoutent. Joyeuse journée de la Saint-Jean-Baptiste. Puis, uh, bienvenue au, au final de la Coupe Stanley. So, just welcoming all of our francophone bilinguals, everyone. And, hey, the Montreal Canadiens made the fucking Stanley Cup finals. How about that? You swore before I did. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> the Canadiens made the finals. You stole Matt's thunder. Stole my thunder. <laughs> 103. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just the last time the Canadians made the Stanley Cup final, I was a I was a recruit in basic training. That's I was, how in, kid, I was in kindergarten. Yeah. I was in I was in kindergarten. I was in uh I went I graduated high school, went back to upgrade. I was in that kind of I'm just gonna play sports and hang out because I don't know what I want to do here. And uh I was, wow, just, uh, so I guess, uh, buddy's, uh, rap there. What, uh, what's his name? Feels Jack like 93. Slave? Yeah. I guess his rap uh, was his right. It, it does feel like 93. Like there's just so many, it was the first playoff run in a long time where I was kind of like, I honestly think this team can win. Like even against Vegas, I was like, this game, Vegas isn't going to win this. Like I was confident. I was. I, I mean, felt that the Canadians could beat Vegas. I thought it was going to take seven games. Yeah. I was wrong. I apologize. I was a hundred percent wrong. The Canadians did not win in seven. They won in six. 
Craig and I both said six games. Yeah, Matt and I were 100% right. <laughs> and I apologize to the two of you for not believing in your prediction and okay. adding another game. The right team won. That's all, that's all that matters. And that's did, what matters. I did think last night if, if Vegas won this game last night that they'd have a better chance in game seven. Just the momentum would have went their way. So I was really hoping Montreal would put it away. And yeah, lo well, and behold – yeah. Arturi Lekin and uh, found his uh, his uh, sniper target, and uh, he finally fixed the old uh, sight on his stick so he could uh, hit the net. And... The almost spork sight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that's one of the topics I wanted to cover in the show is that line, the Dan No line. So let's just jump right into that. No, uh, no uh, preambles, no none of that. So the Dan No line. I mean, between the three of us on our private chats. I mean, Treg, last night you were you were shitting all over uh, Gallagher. I just thought Gallagher was having a bad night. Like he just uh, not couldn't that, get any offense. Couldn't get any offense, and the decisions he was making just didn't seem. You know what I mean? Like he he would spit, hold the puck too long, or he passed to nobody, or he skate out of play. And I think he was just trying too hard. Um, I thought the team defensively, that line defensively is. Don't get me wrong. It, it's lights out. Like it, it, it's, it's a big reason why Stone, Pacioretty, Dubois, uh, Matthews, Marner, everyone hasn't scored, right? Yeah. Or didn't score against Montreal. But no, no, often it's, it's luck. It's pure luck. The Canadians <laughs> just had teams that just didn't show up. It's pure luck. Well, I mean, they were the 18th seed. So why were they even there? Well, you got to think though. The Leafs lost. The Leafs lost. Tavares. Winnipeg lost. Shifley. And Vegas lost Chris Lee. So, <laughs> all right. So, you know, you you put their big players, you take their big players out of the game, then. It's true. It's true. It's going to happen. Yeah. Well. It's not like the Canadians were missing a top six player who's, <clears throat> who oozes offensive skill. Yeah. And, and Jonathan Drouin, who, by the way, we sent our best wishes to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a coach. Yeah. Who oh, props to Luke Richardson. Props yeah, to Luke 100%, Richardson. Hundred percent. That whole oh, coaching. Yeah. That whole coaching staff. Like, good on them. Um, really, like. Um, we'll get into the coaching here in a little sure, bit. I want sure. to talk about, on, let's talk about the players. Yeah. The yeah. Deno line. There's too much to talk about. <laughs> so stick to this. Stop rambling, you crazy <laughs> bastards. Yeah. All um, right. I'll, I'll just say my thing right quick there, Matt. Then you can go. Yep. That line needed a goal. It, it, it was starved for a goal. It hasn't done much this entire playoffs offensively before everyone jumps all over me defensively. They've been, they've been terrific. That's Treg Wilson, THW on Twitter. Um, Treg Wilson underscore THW on Twitter. And <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to, if you, you know, if you wanted me to get hate mail, like I already do, at least get, at least get it right. Um, 100%. And that lacking and goal, hopefully that uh, Brings the momentum for them into the next series round, whoever they play, whether it be Tampa Bay or the Islanders. Um, and uh, that gives that line a little bit more constant, uh, confidence offensively um, because they need it. They needed an offensive boost, and they got it, and they won the game, and that's really all that matters right now. Matt? Go ahead. Yeah, for me, just one moment for that line, as, as you guys have uh, alluded to. They've been the defensive shutdown powerhouse um, throughout these three series. And what a goal for Lekkonen. What a goal for that line. And they got it done early. They got it done within the first couple minutes. That's all I can, that's all I can say. Like they, that was, that was a line, as you said, it was starved for offense. 
we talked about them needing to step up a little bit more and do a little bit more than the defensive game. But when it comes down to it, they shut down some of the top players in the league for now three rounds and uh, much deserved that uh, these guys are uh, enjoying some pizza at the podium and, uh, and, and are going to the Stanley cup final. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So that, that play that, uh, that started with a Carey price save that Off big save by Carey price and the rebound itself. I mean, you couldn't, it fell in just the perfect spot, like just in between the defenders and the forwards on, on one, on yet another one of those friggin' set face-off plays that Vegas was feasting off of. Yeah. If with the exception of about, what was it? Three of the goals total in that series, everything came off a of face-off. Well, this is the thing with this series and even with this game specifically, the two goals that they ended up scoring were close to, you know, they were around close to the net. And the they, Martinez they, goal wasn't a face-off play, but the other yeah. one was. Yeah, but they finally, they finally, I'm not going to say solved the defense of the Canadians, but they finally got to the net and I kind of, yeah. you know, heart was beating a little bit, but... Well, on that one play, that was a um, Sherratt lost sight of the puck and he didn't pick up his man. So there was a little bit of an error there. Uh, You can't really, I'm not going to eat Price's lunch over that goal because, you know, mistakes are going to happen. And you can't expect Vegas to just roll over and die. Yes, Sherratt made a small error. Yes, uh, Carey Price had a puck bounce the wrong way. And yes, they, they pierced that that front of the net for the first time in the series, yeah. but the Vegas is one of the top teams in the NHL and they weren't going to just That's roll right. over. That's right. And Martinez has the Stanley cup pedigree and all of it. So, but back to, back to the, uh, the Deno line, you guys have nailed it. They're the defensive um, conscience of the Canadians forwards group and their, their play made it possible for the other lines to provide that offense that was required. Because like you mentioned, Stone was completely shut down. There's, there's talk in Vegas that, well, maybe he's playing through, a, uh, through some kind of an injury or no, no, he had a, a 200 pound anchor hooked onto him named Philip Deneau. Uh, it, it, Deneau shut him down and yes, he didn't score any goals, but he made that big, uh, that big pass over to uh, that little backhand pass there to Lekkonen. And that shot was epic. That was a perfect shot because Leonard was just about in, in the right position. You couldn't have asked for a better finish for Lekkonen. In yeah, that I'll season. say something after that goal. Obviously the Canadians all went in, they celebrated. Obviously you're going to Canadian, you know, going to the final, et cetera. Props to Gallagher. He skated over to, uh, he skated over to Leonard and, he was the first one to kind of console him and give him a fist bump and, yeah. you know, whatever they said, whatever they said between each other. He also collected the puck. And he collected the puck. Right after he picked the puck. the puck out of the net, he went over to Leonard and then, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, Leonard, I don't know how anyone doesn't like, I really like Leonard. I really so like I. Leonard. Yeah. I, so do I. I would, you know, um, I know he talks, I mean, Leonard is a, a, he has, he has mental health issues. He's dealt with depression. He's dealt with everything. He's been very open about it all. He and speaks a, his mind. Yeah. And that yeah. was a good, and that was a good move by Gallagher to go over there. And, you know, yeah. um, I questioned DeBoer's coaching method of putting uh flurry in for game five. I think that was a uh, Leonard played well in the, in, in game four. 
help them tie the series up. And I, I don't understand. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. But I didn't look, I didn't understand taking Fleury out to put Leonard in. Don't get me wrong. Leonard's a great goalie, but taking Fleury out to put him in didn't make sense to me. But then he put him in and Leonard goalied the Habs. If it wasn't for yeah. Chris Lee being so outright horrible, the storyline would have been Leonard steals game. Yeah. So going back to Fleury after that, I agree didn't make sense but back and forth back and forth that had to have some kind of an impact on their psyche as a team and on the goaltenders themselves even though the both goalies played great games in all the games that they played yeah just a quick good like i know we're still talking about the canadians obviously yeah and i know we're starting for time um but quick just a segue about about uh, vegas players for me it was uh, the fact that they took reeves out well, what was he really it, 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 providing? They took Reeves out after like game two or something. Exactly. Like, like yeah. it, but it's a guy that he brings, he's he's an agitator and he brings energy to the lineup and he finishes his hits. But he did you know, nothing. Right? He did nothing in the first still, two games. Still, but neither did neither did some of the guys they put in the spot for him. I guess. But what did he provide that made it so that he had to stay in? I'm just I'm surprised. Like I Colasar didn't do anything. Um a couple of the other guys they put in in his place didn't do a thing. And I just think, I just think they, they made a mistake there, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not I think where they were kind of goal starved because they weren't scoring a lot against Montreal. That's why they took Reeves out. Cause Reeves is not going to give you an offensive push. That's true. That's true. Colasar has a bit of an offensive game to yeah. him. Being a rookie and all you, you can tell that there's some offense to him. So I yeah. can totally understand why he would play above Reeves. And, and I think DeBoer's choice of putting Leonard in Blaine was, uh, Fleury has sub 900 save percentages against Montreal in the playoffs and in the city of Montreal. So I kind of, maybe he just played the numbers and I'm just, yeah, lo- I'm what, just trying what to throw his, it an answer. What are his advanced stats on a Saint-Jean-Baptiste in the playoffs? Like, do uh, you, you got to think about this stuff. Come on. Listen, I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> listen, where's the wall Blaine? Cause I'll go through it. <laughs> Uh, for what? Are, are we are, are we uh, running out of beers? Are you going to go run through? I'll go through beer? it. I'll go through it. I'll stand by that guy, even though a month ago I hated him. One of them yeah. fired, but I'll stand by it. All right. So we, we all agree that Deno's line is going to be the key factor for the Canadians in this Stanley Cup final, as it has been in every every series before. One but we're going to stick to the. We're going to stick to this series. We're not going to look too far ahead because as we record, it's uh, it's Friday the twenty fifth. The Islanders and the Lightning are not playing until tonight, so we're not going to know who they're who the who's going to meet up with the Canadians. I'm not going to I'm not going to say who I want to see or not. I'm just going to let it ride. It doesn't matter who plays the Montreal Canadiens. We're just going to roll the dice and let it ride there. We're trying to get all our Vegas puns out as we can. So moving on from Deno's line, let's just get into game six uh, overall. So Matt, I'll let you go first. Talk a little bit about how it folded, how it unfolded and what uh, some, some key moments in there that you, that you noticed. I just think the Canadians stuck to their game plan. They didn't, uh, you know, when, uh, when they went up one, nothing Vegas quickly scored third start of the third period Vegas got right back into the game and they just didn't they didn't deviate from their plan they didn't start you know line juggling they didn't throw anything in a blender they didn't get away from their game 
they played a simple game. They got pucks in, they got shots on net. They played the body and um, they pucks shut down deep. 110 yeah, exactly. percent. Yeah. They shut down, but they, but they shut down, but they shut down the rush and they did, they've done that the whole series. They cleared the front of the net and, you know, the big moment for me, other than obviously the Lekkonen winner, was um, the effort that Caulfield made on his goal. And just what, like, what is like, it's hard to believe that this guy was sitting for the first couple of games. And now since, since being down three games to one to the Leafs, the powerhouse Leafs, the Canadians have won 11 and two. So can we please stop underestimating this team? But back to the but back to the series or back to the game. Uh, Price another phenomenal game. He made some big saves. Shea Weber, big goal. Like you can dissect this game so much, but well, that's why I say just pick out a couple things and we can. It's 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 just you know they they played a team effort and they they the right the right team won this game and I'm just. You know, I'm, I'm kind of lost for words because I'm, I'm just so excited for this team right now. Well, I mean, Christ, it hasn't happened since you were in the sixth grade. So I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Treg? What's what's one or two things you think we can uh, pick out of this game? The confidence of the young guys, Suzuki and Caulfield. Um, the calmness of Carey Price. He made some big saves. Huge toe save on... Uh, Nozak, I think it was, or anyway, it doesn't matter who it was. He made a big was it toe that, save. One, that wraparound one, yeah, or the the one on the left side where he just stuck the toe out. And I think that was a wha- Was that wha- whoever? I think, I think. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, it just the overall effort. Um, it, it was just a great, great. And I just want to point out um, that Suzuki and Caulfield now have as many goals in their playoff career as Matthews and Marner's put together. Just throwing it out there. And more, it out there. more playoff games. They have actually less playoff games than Matthews and Marner. That's hard to believe, seeing as how the Canadians are actually going into the fourth round. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Gee, you know what? It would really suck to have overpaid our star players who have never proven anything. We did overplay our star players player. Now he has us in the uh, Stanley Cup finals. Well, I mean, it's, it's he's a, proving something. It's amazing when your star player actually shows up. Right. So uh, for, for me in game six, uh, Matt, you, you, you talked about this a little bit as well. It was the Canadians staying with their game plan. They were methodical in their approach to the game. Just like ga- every game prior to this, they played their system. They, they played to their identity. The Canadians have built their identity in these playoffs. They are a patient, methodical, physical team that forechecks hard, has tight gaps, and makes you earn your spot in front of the net. And the Canadians, they got that they got the early goal off that that giveaway on a power play to Weber, who thankfully it was early enough in the game. I guess the freezing in his hand hadn't worn off, because we've all noticed that his shot hasn't been the same. But Last night, when he took that that slap shot, I didn't see too much taken off that shot. He took a little bit off to get it in the right spot, but the velocity on that shot was Shea Weber-esque. 
So a little giveaway right into the Shea Weber dot and a, an amazing job by Kotkaniemi to go to the front of that and take away Leonard's eyes. He didn't even see that puck at all. He didn't know it was in the net until he heard the, uh, the horn going. So great job there. And with Kotkaniemi providing some pressure on the defender to make that, that mistake as well, that was, that was a good job. Um, but yeah, the, the, the rest of the game, it was methodical. The penalty kill, again, oh my God, the penalty kill. Not giving up, what is it, 30 30 in a penalties. row. 30 in a row now. Yeah, they're over 93, over 93% yeah. now for the playoffs. So in this series against the, uh, the, uh, the Golden Knights, the Canadians killed off absolutely every single penalty that they were, uh, they were assessed and scored three goals. So their, their penalty kill was three to nothing against their, the Golden Knights power play, who had one of the better power plays in the NHL. So I agree with you, Treg. People need to stop underestimating these Montreal Canadiens. They are for real. Well, I mean, <clears throat> it was said from the beginning, the team was built for the playoffs. Now, all of us said Montreal's probably going to do damage in the playoffs. I don't think any of us thought Stanley no. Cup Finals. Uh, no. I, Blaine, you and I were thinking second round. Maybe third round. Maybe I third. Thought, yeah. Matt, I'm not, I can't really remember what you said. I think you just said Stanley Cup all the way. Stanley yeah. Cup or bust. Um, and uh, Bergevin. 82 and 0, buddy. 82 and 0. Mark Bergevin said uh, right off the presser, he's uh, right off the presser, right at the start of the season, this team is going, don't underestimate this team. This team is going to, uh, you know, we, we're going to make the playoffs and anything can happen in the playoffs. That's exactly what he said. You know, he, he, he always said, we got people that get you there and you have players that get you players that get you to the playoffs, players that get you through the playoffs. And he went out and got players that get you through the playoffs and it worked. Um, I mean, some other people flip flop on what they think about Bergevin. Uh, We stated (laughs) from the start, uh, we're behind him. We don't think he's going to lose his job, but we wouldn't be surprised if he did based on the regular season. Um, but, and uh, at the time when we said that, it was during the Toronto series, and we did mention that if, by some miracle, they turned things around, that would change the outlook on his next contract. Correct. And, uh, <clears throat> but I mean, Blaine, you were adamant that he only has one year left. You're not getting rid. You're either getting rid of him or you're keeping him. You're not letting him that, stay that one. You're either start giving him an extension or you're or you're keep or you're getting rid of him. You're not. That's right. Uh, um, but then we all said, who's going to replace him? Who's, who's going to be the better guy to replace him? So you might as well stick with him. And, and that was my expectation at the time. Yeah. Even with the loss. Yeah. But and now, so... sign him for life. Lifetime <laughs> <laughs> contract. But more on, uh, but sticking on the topic of Bergevin, um, once the Canadians did win this series, we saw, I mean, everybody's never saw seen a GM do suit. that before. Like just I've never. D- Dumping up, dancing. Never. It was better than the Tampa Bay series. The gift that they have of him in his blue suit doing the the basketball. Yeah. Like he he lost his mind. Yeah, he was, was amazing. I don't understand how he got from up there so quick down to the bench. Because uh, like, look at him. He's a. He's it was a, it was it was insane. Like it, sh- it showed him, and he was just like, "Yeah, we won." And then like the like they were still celebrating behind the net, and then all of a sudden he's on the bench, just like he snapped his fingers. He put on a uh, he he tied off a seat a Swiss seat 
and rappelled down. Yeah, but you can see you can see how how um, how much he loves this team and how much he loves these players and yeah, and, 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 and and how the players respond and how the players responded to him. Well, he was hugging and kissing everybody, yeah. even Tatar, even him and Tatar, yeah. who we know he's probably not going to bring back. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. But he he's a player's GM. Like uh, the whole narrative of he's he doesn't care. It's about his ego. It's about his this. It's about his that. He believes in the team. He believes in the players, and I think he always has. I think this whole mirage that people had of him being a all for himself and all about his ego and all about his yeah. and I, I didn't believe it to begin with, and I don't think any of us on the show did. And uh, you know, and if it was, if it was about his ego, where was he in the team photo that he had forced everybody to get back? and keep the photographer there so that all the coaching staff, all the players, even the ones that yeah. didn't dress yeah. all got into the photo. Yeah. Where was he? He wasn't in the photo. He was in the bench. <laughs> he was on, no, yeah. he was, he went into the the hall so that no one would see, he would because not of, be in the photo because it was the team's, uh, because win, it was for the his. team. Their accomplishment. Yeah. 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 He's, he's the proud Papa. It's their yeah. moment. He, he brought everyone together for the photo for their moment and then went off to the side to let them have their I, moments. Yeah. I, so if it I was take, about ego, he would have been right there. I take in the this. I take this celebration like the one. Remember the one of Jeff Molson when he was in the crowd and he's banging on the glass and everything. Yeah. Like you, like you can't say anything bad about Burge right now. Like he's he is as, as Treg said. He's a he's a players coach and or a player. Or he's a players GM and uh, you know he. Re- for to be nominated for GM of the year, even though we didn't win it, good on him. He, it was well deserved. I don't think he cares. I think no, he's I don't think he does. I don't think he does either. The Stanley Cup is the only thing he cares about. You can yep. throw all the accolades at him you want. He just wants a cup. Yep. So he is definitely coming back. There's <clears throat> there's no if ends or buts. Just by making it to the semifinal, uh, yeah, he guaranteed his so. contract. Yeah. Winning the semifinal that adds money to his contract. They win the cup that'll add some more term to his contract. That's yeah. how I see this now, because yeah. even if he had been fired, had they lost to Toronto and, and we talked about this and my idea of a lame duck GM, I mean, you don't, you don't keep a lame duck. You either, you either fire him on the spot or you extend him. And, and in that case, I, I kind of expected a, an extension, but had they fired him, who would they have hired on to replace him? There was, there, there's a small list and do they want that job? Now you don't have to worry about that. There's yeah. there's no uh, there's no question he's coming back. It's going to be three, four, five years. I think you know you, if he gets a cup right now at the start of this reset, we're basically at the very beginning of his reset. Yeah. And, and with, people say he has gone all in, but he hasn't. No, so, he hasn't. With with each win, this team's getting better. It's it's growing more confident. And you look at the work that he's put in, bringing the players in that he did, and not giving up the future. This is a team that still has over 10 picks in the draft. So they didn't go out and trade first round picks, second round picks, et cetera, et cetera, top prospects to get the players that they're at. They, they acquired them in different ways. So good on him. And um, this should really open up the eyes of a lot of players that are looking to possibly uh, come to Montreal. You know, look, look what this look what this team has. Well, if you think about it too, all the cards are in Bergevin's hand. If they win the cup, Bergevin can, blow the team up and no one's going to question it or you can build on it and try to make a dynasty which is hard to do in a salary cap era that's right no one's won the cup more than twice in the salary cap era in a row i think that was pittsburgh um 
but he's he's kind of building it in a Chicago esque manner. He's Which got makes he's sense. he's following Vegas's uh, Vegas and St. Louis kind of blueprint on the ice, but off the ice with the cap management, it's more of a Chicago thing. So we'll we'll, we'll have a whole off season show about this yep, yep. free agents, the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to move on from this. We'll go to uh, our youth. We talked a little bit about the youth and it ties into what we were just talking about the future of this team in the long term. I mean, who, who here doesn't absolutely love Cole Caulfield now? I loved him before he got here. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think, I I think he gained a hell of a lot more fans and uh, I think his jerseys are going to, are really going to start flying off the shelves a lot more than what they already were. There's a lot less chatter on Leafs Twitter about uh, Robertson versus Caulfield. Yeah. Who? For some reason. Who? You know, the guy that they said was way better and they got him later on and blah, blah, blah. The same group of people that were voting against Caulfield and the Hobie Baker, who, yeah, by the way, still, won the still Hobie won the Baker. Hobie Baker. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know what? Leaf fans just have, I mean, some I of them, b- not all of them. Some there's of them, some not really all great of them. Leaf fans out there. But there's a few out there like that Lindsay one and Letter and Leaf, and I'll name them. I don't care. They don't listen. Yeah, to oh, those ones, sure. Uh, I'll name offside just, and, uh, 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 you know, offside talk, those guys, uh, everyone there, they're great. Oh, yeah. You know, I find the majority of Leaf fans and yeah. the majority of Leaf people are, are good. It's but that editor and Leaf one, holy, fuck, oh, they're terrible. Might as well. I don't know. He needs help. Delete that account. That's terrible. Nah. Anyway, they will find anything they can just to justify their team losing like i don't know this leaf lindsay i never even heard of her until like this round and she goes on about how she doesn't care about what the haves do but every tweet is about the haves and i just understand a a person a fan of another team who just obsesses over a different team like if the Leafs were at this far i'd be happy for them good for them you went this far great hope you win a cup bring it home to canada who cares if you're that much of a haves hater then don't root for the haves but at least don't try to justify why they're there like oh well they just got lucky no there there's a little luck to it there's always a little luck right but you actually have to win the games you have to score the goals you have to make the saves you have to block the shots and and that you know that's not luck it's not i'm sorry if you played sports it's not luck so sorry at a certain certain point it's not about what uh, what it looks like on paper like we talked about this on paper versus reality before yeah. and on paper. Yeah. The Canadians are not a cup contender, but in reality, yeah. they're in the Stanley cup final. They play with, they play with heart. They don't just play with their, with their, uh, with their, with their checkbooks, I guess. And you know who the Habs didn't need in these playoffs? Victor Mete. <laughs> Would he have even played? Like, to be honest, let's be honest. He would probably no, not have been dressed no. at all. Gustafson no, probably, Gustav Merle probably still would have got ice time over him. And you know what? If you want to go on about your analytics, Gustafson is the greatest NHL hockey player right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs, analytically. And he plays eight minutes a night. But because people but watch matter. the games too and realize, I think he only those played analytic like five numbers last look, night. <laughs> yeah, people realize that those analytic numbers look great because he's playing 
eight minutes a night against the the least competition he can. At five thirty one last night. Proof positive in an overtime game. In an overtime game. Well, the, the overtime, overtime game short, but only went no. Actually, no overtime in the in the in the semifinals has gone more than two minutes. No, no. Well, it's it, yeah. No, there. In the semifinals, there are games earlier in the playoffs that went longer, yeah. but in the semifinals, yeah. no games gone over two minutes. I think there's been four or five overtimes, which is weird. Anyway, well, so tonight's game between the Islanders and the 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 night uh, the game between the Islanders and the Lightning tonight is going to quadruple overtime. That's good because I'll be sleeping because I don't care who wins that game. <laughs> but and they'll be super tired because this series, the finals start on Monday in either yeah. New York or Tampa. And their game's not going to end till Monday morning. That's, That's how right. long it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, Mud Bruton is going to score the goal uh, to make it one nothing. <laughs> and for, for anyone who's wondering who the hell Mud Bruton is, look him up. He's the guy who scored for Detroit in a one nothing game against them, uh, the Montreal Maroon, in the longest game in the NHL history. He's going to come back from the dead and his ghost is going to score in that game. <laughs> and it's going to count even though he's not on the roster. <laughs> because Chris Lee is roughing. <laughs> he won't even see the goal. No, he, Mud's going to come out. He's going to high stick someone right in the face, cross check someone in the back and then score a goal. Although though, at least uh, uh, Tampa Bay fans know what Montreal fans have been going through for years with Chris Lee. Even how uh, he's still refing hockey games, I have no idea. I don't know. Kerry Frazier's been saying how how bad of a job it's been. So if he was Kerry Frazier's coming out and saying it, there you go. Leaf fans love Kerry Frazier. Oh, by the way, it is possible to win a game after a high sticking call was missed. The Canadians did it. <laughs> Why didn't you? Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh and I realized yeah. if uh, if Doug Gilmore is listening right now, please don't beat me up. That's a joke. It's a joke. And if you are going to beat him up, take your teeth out first. So, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I know you bite. <laughs> Matt Shake. This shows a shit show. And we don't care because we're just so happy that our teams in the stand, the last team to make the playoffs, is the first team in the Stanley Cup Finals. Everybody, just throwing it out there. Just by the by. I so mean, it's the first first time in three thousand six hundred eighty four days a Canadian team has been in the stuff the the, yeah. the cup final. Vancouver, Thanks for reminding me how long my military career has been so far. <laughs> no, he's talking about Vancouver when Vancouver, uh, Vancouver in twenty eleven. Yeah. Oh my god, it's been long, my career has been longer than that. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so just remember, in nineteen ninety three, Wa was incroyable, but in twenty twenty one, Carey is priceless. I read that on Twitter. I stole that. I'm a strong. <laughs> okay, no. king of dad jokes. Yeah, yeah. And then if I'm saying boo, <laughs> that's bad. It's bad. All right. So uh, I think we've uh, we've degenerated to the bottom of this uh, long enough. We talked a little bit about Game Six. Um, we will probably have a little bit of a preview show over the weekend. Once we know who is going to be playing against the Canadians, um, any final thoughts, Treg? No, congratulations to my daughter, Madison, for graduating today from high school. She'll become uh, starting a veterinarian assistance. uh, She's going into veterinarian assistance in September. So congrats to her. She can finally fix you. I'm already neutered, so there ain't much else to do. So (laughs) Finally. (laughs) 
That was my choice. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Matt, any final thoughts? I'd like to thank all of our new followers. We gained about 100 last just yesterday. Um, during, uh, during the game, I gave out another uh, a Funko Pop to one of our followers. So thank you for uh, thank you for all the support. Thank you for everyone that's followed. Thank you for everyone that shared. And um, there's going to be a new contest that's going to be starting up. Probably it's going to be on or before game one, and this is one this is one you're not going to want to miss. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody who has been liking, sharing, and matching donations that uh, Habs Unfiltered has been making to the Canadians Children's Foundation. Um, we are now at $300 now that the Canadians are in the Stanley Cup final. It's $25 per win. We're hoping to hit 400 by the end of this series. Um, and we have several people who have promised to match our donations, some who have given some. Uh, just uh, just from the, the notes that I have here in front of me, from all our followers matching and adding to what we have given ourselves, we are at just over $1,400 donated to the children's foundation so you guys are the greatest hockey listeners in the world you're helping children be able to play a sport that everyone should be able to play you should be proud of what you've accomplished just by being great people and some of that money is not just from canadians fans we have listeners who are vegas fans and leaf fans we have it's a, it's across the entire hockey community. You guys are amazing. Keep up what you're doing. Keep up listening to us. We appreciate that. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening. You guys, uh, you guys are what make this fun. Uh, that and the Canadians, you know, actually winning games in the playoffs, you know, that makes it a lot of fun too. Um, so again, thanks for listening. And remember, if you were talking about it. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergie Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Today. Not a real project. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want loyalty, buy a dog. Shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. 
do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.